Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to a new edition of Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. My name is Patricia Trena, and happy to have you on this uh, Friday. We're coming to you on Friday as we continue our look at the individual schools. We're looking at the draft prospects of as many school as possible. And today we are going to take a look at the Michigan Wolverines and to help me break down that of prospects of which, by the way, they have a player at at least every position. The Giants could probably use some more depth at, but helping me break that all down is Isaiah Hall. He is the host of Locked on Wolverines and he also works on Wolverines Wire. Isaiah, thank you so much for the time today. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. All right, Isaiah, let's start off with Michigan's Pro Day. I know it was held, I think, a week, week and a half ago, something like that. Who helped themselves and who didn't? I think pretty almost everyone really was able to help themselves in some regard. And I, th- I think it. I think that's kind of universal, I think, in a lot of cases, right? Because you look at, at scouts essentially doing the timing instead of having one uniform timing. So you're not really seeing what, what, school, what schools uh, – what players from different schools are running compared to the other uh, on the same field with the same exact timing. So uh, that's uh, it's a little hard to say for sure, but uh, as far as guys that really helped themselves, uh, I mean, I think Quiddy pay is the the one that you really look at. Uh, Not that he needed much help. He was going to be a first round pick anyway. Uh, I think the question is more of who's going to snag him Uh, at this point. Is he going to go with, I, I'm still seeing any, him going anywhere from being a, you know, somewhere around six or seven overall. And I think Todd McShay had him going at 21 overall in his latest. So uh, that's, uh, that's the one that I, that I have my biggest eyes on is, uh, Quiddy Pay. Um, trying to, trying to look at his numbers here, uh, as I have them right now. Um, he, he really did, did very well on the bench press, particularly. Uh, he, he put that up, uh, 36 times. Uh, but I think the thing is that people want to see the shuttle because we've heard about how freakish a shuttle is and he didn't, he didn't do the three cone. Uh, so, uh, but he still, he ran a four, five, two. Uh, so I think the question is, is do you want the speed of a guy like Jason Oe from Penn state, or do you want a, a guy that's a little bit more developmental in that you didn't see it necess- necessarily all of his potential at Michigan, but, uh, he still, uh, he still really showed quite a lot. Uh, I think Ambry Thomas really helped himself as a cornerback. Uh, Michigan had two guys that didn't play last year that uh, when you don't play it for the year, you kind of are at a disadvantage because you're not really being thought of very much, right? With the exception of maybe like a Micah Parsons also from Penn State. I don't know why they keep coming up in my mind here, but uh, Ambry Thomas is, uh, he, he had, when the Big Ten announced that they were, shutting everything down so he he went to uh, he had already graduated he went to arizona started training and then big 10 says they're coming back and he's just like well i'm a little too far gone at this point but he ran a 437 in the 40 and uh again didn't do the cut three cone i think that's usually the most important thing to see from a corner uh but uh nonetheless the speed is there uh he was definitely a lockdown type corner uh while he was at michigan uh the same thing can be said of uh nico collins uh, the wide receiver, 
He also didn't play, uh, but he went out there and uh, he, he he did everything. Uh, he did the, the the three cone. He ran a six uh, seven one, and he ran a four three uh, four four three forty, uh, which definitely uh, when you look at the fact that he's a six four type guy, he's not exactly the same type of wide receiver that's out there. You know, you're looking a lot at Jalen Waddle and Devonta Smith. Uh, kind of some smaller type guys, not these prototypical big receivers. Uh, I think that Nico really showed that, hey, he's got size and he's got speed. So they're guys that I think really uh, helped themselves. Um, some of the, one, the ones that didn't really help themselves, I think, were more guys that just weren't able to go completely, like Cam McGrone, the linebacker. Uh, he, you know, he's coming off of... Uh, coming off of a pretty big knee injury that he sustained uh, midway through the season last year, or, sorry, at the end of the season last year. Uh, so that's always going to be a disadvantage. Uh, only thing he did was get measured and do the bench press, and he put up uh, 20 reps there. Uh, he's an early entrant, so not as much tape on him. He's really only got one year to look at. So the fact that he, he obviously he wasn't going to be able to go because he's still He's still getting better, right? He did so he wasn't able to run the the forty. He wasn't able to to show off, showcase his speed. Uh, he would be the one that I'd be really looking at and say like, well, him and Ben Mason, who's a fullback, and he's he he's showed that he's a versatile player, uh, but he's really kind of selling himself as a fullback as well. Uh, he could be a tight end, and he's strong. Puts the bench press up twenty nine times. Uh, but at the same time, like, you know, how many teams are really looking for a fullback? So that, that I think is the, the big thing, uh, you know, that, uh, that people are, that you'd look at. Carlo Kemp, uh, ran just, uh, under a five, uh, as far as his 40 yard dash, but he did put it up, uh, put, and he's a defensive tackle. He put up the bench press, uh, 27 times. He might, he, while he maybe didn't help himself a ton, I think at the same time, you know, he, he's the nephew of Chuck Pagano. So, like, he comes from an NFL family. He's grown up knowing what it takes to, to really succeed at the NFL level. So I don't know how detrimental it was to him, but there's no really there's no one glaring where you look at it and say, hey, you, you really didn't do that great. I think everyone kind of showed about what you would expect. Um, you know, you got the guys that have the speed. You got the guys that have the size. You got the guys that got the strength and a uh, bunch of guys in between. So really no nothing that was particularly glaring, I don't think. I, I do want to mention that there was one eye-opening, uh, w- one thing that I thought was kind of eye-opening, and that was uh, Chris Evans, the running back. Uh, he put up a 4-4-4, uh, and he's just a really versatile guy. Uh, he just, you know, he's got, got obviously some pretty good speed, but he, he's – a little bit more than a running back. He can be used in the in the in the slot. You can he can definitely you know catch out of the backfield. And I think when the fact that he's a guy that had a year off of football before he came back in 2020, I think the fact that he's out there running a, a 4.44 while being 211 pounds, I think that definitely helped him. Also, he had a 40 and a half inch uh, vertical and a 10 foot seven inch broad jump so i think those are things that definitely make him stand out a little bit uh so uh i think that that could he could definitely have helped himself but other than that i think everyone kind of projected uh, did what they were projected for the most part 
You are listening to Locked on Giants with Patricia Trana and special guest Isaiah Hole, who is the host of the Locked on Wolverines podcast. We are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, more from Isaiah on the Michigan draft prospects right after. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your sportsbook expert. Hey, Giant fans, this is Patricia Trena, host of the Locked on Giants podcast. If you're looking for a way to keep Giants football in the forefront during this offseason, pick up a copy of my new book, The Big 50 New York Giants, The Men and Moments That Made the New York Giants. This 350 350- plus page book takes a deep dive into the rich history of the Giants franchise, covering every era with stories, photos, and more that take you behind the headlines. The Big 50 New York Giants is available on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, TriumphBooks.com, and wherever books are sold. Pick up your copy today, and thank you to everyone for your support. Welcome back, Giant fans, to Locked On Giants. Patricia Trana here with you on this Friday. We are doing a look at the University of Michigan draft prospects with Locked On Wolverines host Isaiah Hull. Before we get back to our conversation with Isaiah, get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on all the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's get back to our conversation now with Isaiah Hole, who again, who is, is the host of the Locked On Wolverines podcast, also writes for Wolverines Wire. And Isaiah, let's talk a little bit. Let's back up a little bit um, because when we talk about college football and the the uh, granddaddy program of them all, everybody always turns to Alabama and Nick Saban and the fact that, you know, Saban has NFL ties and he runs his program like an NFL program. But Michigan has uh, Jim Harbaugh, who also was an NFL coach. I mean, what can you say about how he runs his program and how that kind of maybe varies from, from other schools that gets these kids so ready to play for NFL. Well, I mean, he, he's also running Michigan very much like an NFL program. And I mean, that's increasing. It doesn't apply to this draft class, but I mean, you just brought in a, a bunch of guys that came directly from the NFL on the defensive side. And now they're going to be running NFL scheme, but as far as schedule and everything, there's really bad, and the way that they prepare uh, prepare for teams, it's it's identical to what uh, what NFL teams do, and it, we've we've seen NFL uh, personnel note that Michigan players are always have a pretty good grasp on it once they get to the league uh, of just knowing what it takes to kind of do things in the quotidian of the NFL. So uh, it, it he really you know obviously you know he, he like you said he comes from the NFL, he had four years with San Francisco and 
I think people forget that just because they focus on what is happening in Ann Arbor and the fact that, uh, you know, they haven't had the issue with Ohio State. But, I mean, coming out of 2019, this wasn't even a very – it wasn't even a very good year for Michigan. Michigan went 9-4 uh, and four that year, uh, lost to basically any big team it came up against. I mean, some of the games were closer than others. Alabama and Penn State certainly were closer games, uh, two possessions uh, against uh, – uh, Alabama, who pulled away in the very, very end and one possession by Penn State, uh, were the uh, deficits that Michigan faced. But nonetheless, uh, people focus more on that. And they don't, they don't really focus on the fact that Michigan was tied for second and having the most NFL draft picks a year ago. Yeah, a lot of them were ladder rounds, but you saw a lot of those guys get some time. Uh, Kalik Hudson started a game for uh, the Redskins or sorry, Washington football team. <laughs> Not used to it yet. So um, Josh Metellus made some big plays for the Vikings. Um, as far you know, so I'm talking about late round guys. Michael Onwen, who started pretty much every game for the Patriots. So, you know, Donovan Peoples-Jones had a, uh, had a, a walk-off touchdown to, uh, to end the game for, uh, for Cleveland uh, one week. So a lot of their late round guys still got in and still made some pretty big contributions. And that's probably a good testament to the fact that, uh, you know, Harbaugh knows what he's doing as far as that's concerned. And uh, as far as they, it's a little bit different, you know, when it comes to uh, our players capable of playing in the NFL or, and can they beat Ohio state? We know the, the former is certainly true. Uh, the latter is just the thing that is kind of got Michigan, not on people's radar the way that it has been or it should, it could be rather. Now let's kind of look at some of these players a, a little bit closely. You mentioned Quiddy Pay, and I know he had an injury um, last year that I think it cost him maybe a couple games here and there. But tell us a little bit more about his skill set. Is he more of a, a three point hand in his dirt, hand in the dirt type of player? Is he a stand up player? Is he scheme friendly? What what does he do well, and what what's his best fit scheme wise? Well, he's an athletic freak is what he is. Uh, and he, he, I think he could do any, anything that you really ask him to do. I don't think he's really necessarily tied into it, but I mean, he is your prototypical pass rushing defensive end. Uh, it was more of his hand in the dirt for Michigan. Uh, but, but he stood up as well. So, uh, when, when you look at who he is as far as his size, I mean, like we talked about his strengths already. But being a 6'2", 261-pound guy, he can move unlike that, that uh, what his frame is. I mean, a 4'5'2", and the 40, it, it's just an absolute athletic freak. And, I mean, he was literally named by the, you know, the athletic cooks out there, biggest athletic freaks in college football every year. He was number one for them this past year. Uh, he's the kind of guy I think he can kind of do whatever, whatever ask, ask of him. The thing is, is kind of like Rashawn Gary, for who's now with the Packers, Michigan wasn't asking him to do necessarily a ton. Though that said, I mean, he still got sacks. And uh, we saw plenty of, of him getting into the backfield and being disruptive. But it wasn't necessarily eye-opening numbers like you see from some defensive ends. But uh, he's kind of looked at as a guy that could, could kind of be molded by an NFL team that once he gets to the NFL – he can be molded into what an NFL team wants him to be as far as that's concerned. So I wouldn't look at him and say like, yeah, that's a guy that has to run a four, in a four, three or 
you know, or, you know, you very well could be an outside linebacker in a three, four, or you could still keep him at end in a three, four, you know, it depends on what you want to do with him. And Michigan, they even had what they called a NASCAR package for a little while where they were just putting a bunch of defensive ends, uh, line, you know, lining them up and just letting them go. And, uh, he was on the inside sometimes. So, I mean, you can put him kind of wherever you want. Uh, he's got the speed and the, uh, the, the explosiveness and the disruption to be able to get in the backfield. So it, it's a little bit more of a issue where uh, once an NFL team uh, looks at him, what his capabilities are, he looks at his frame and the fact that he's just a hard worker. Cause when, when you really think back uh, to when Michigan got him, he was a Boston college commit. He was a three-star out of Rhode Island from uh, Bishop Hendrickson and uh, Warwick. So he wasn't exactly like a household name type. Uh, he was, not really thought of as as a guy that was going to come in and be a starter, but by his second year, that's that's their third year really. That's where he was. Was uh, he was getting some high production in the second year, and he was a starter by his third. Uh, you know, he knew he was he was going to be able to come out. But that's the reason why everyone knows he's going to be a first round pick is because he has all of those tangibles. On top of the fact that he has the intangibles, uh, so he's a locker room guy. He's a guy that. Uh, everyone absolutely loves, uh, and I mean, I can attest to it. I, I've known Quiddy for, you know, going back to his recruitment. He's very humble, and uh, he's definitely a guy that is well appreciated by his teammates. And uh, so he kind of has a, everything that you're looking for in, in a player because he is versatile. You can you can put him in any scheme. You can have him be that uh, that inside guy, that outside guy. You can put him wherever you want on the field. And I mean, he's not quite like Josh Uche is for the, uh, the for the Patriots, and, but nonetheless, I mean, he's still a defensive end. Or you know, you could put him an outside linebacker. I think the the three points probably where he'll end up fitting, uh, but I, I don't, I wouldn't limit him to being able to do more than that. Now, a couple of other uh, defensive players that play at positions that the Giants could probably use some more depth at. Uh, linebacker Cameron McGrone, um, and then you mentioned the uh, cornerback, Ambry Thomas. Which one of those guys would you say would represent like a really good day two, day three value, and what do they bring to the table? Ambry, if you had to make me pick one or the other, it would be Ambry Thomas. I mean, he's uh, he's taller than a lot of what uh, Michigan tends to bring in at corner. He's 5'11", according to what they, uh, they had him at uh, in pro day kind of, I think he was listed at six one uh, on Michigan's roster, but I mean, he, he's got speed. He's like in spades, just an absolute competitor uh, played man coverage, not exclusively. Like he had some zone and like he admitted uh, before pro day that, Hey, we, you know, I, I've got to learn a little bit more about the zone concepts and pattern matching and different things that they do in the NFL. But uh, he's a guy that's really smart and instinctual. Uh, really has a high football IQ. Um, I think that's also why Michigan, if you look at Michigan not being very good defensively this past year compared to what we normally see, at that part, well, a big part of that was because they didn't have that lockdown guy in Ambry. And Michigan's corners sometimes don't get they, – they get overlooked because with a guy like Ambry Thomas, people just didn't throw towards him. And when they did, more often than not, he got a pick. So, and he's, he's another guy that's versatile because he, he, before he uh, had his bout with uh, of colitis, 
that uh, kept him out of all of fall camp in 2019. All of it. Like he started practicing a couple days before the season opener and still ended up starting and had an interception and, and, but, and everything. But before all that, he was also Michigan's kick returner and uh, was exemplary at that as well. So he's, he's a guy that you could really utilize in multiple different facets. Um, definitely like the type of player who has a chip on his shoulder as well. But so uh, I, I think that uh, I think he would be a steal for if, if you're getting him in day two or day three, I think he'd be a steal. And I think his name is not thought of as highly because he didn't play last year. So uh, McGrone, I think he will see what ends up happening with him because you know, coming off of a significant knee injury, uh, I think he had said he had tore his ACL and MCL. I, I, I might not have that right, but he had mentioned what, what it was that he that caused him to be out. Uh, not getting him to participate in the combine drills. I mean, he's fast. He is kind of like a light version, I think, of uh, Devin Bush, who went number 10 overall to the Steelers a couple years ago. So, uh, But he only had really a year. To, to really showcase what he what he could do and he looks pretty good but he didn't look amazing this past year so it's uh i personally thought maybe you know with him but a guy like him he, he was intent on coming out early kind of regardless of the circumstance he was the kind of guy that i thought maybe needed another year just to uh to, to continue to develop and to really showcase what he can do because McGrone, I mean, I've I've watched him since high school, and I, you know, I, I've seen him in high school. He's he's a guy that's got just speed and spades. You know, he he can erase mistakes made by uh, the, what's happening in front of him, uh, but uh, it didn't really show as much on the field this particular year, this last year. So, uh, I'm I'm curious to see who gets him and what he's able to do. Uh, I don't. He doesn't necessarily have that. Uh, the size of a, a lot of the linebackers that you see, he, he's taller than a guy like Devin Bush, but at the same time, like he doesn't necessarily have the bulk that a lot of linebackers have. He's six foot, 234 pounds. So, but he looks a little lean comparatively uh, compared to what, you know, his actual size is. So he's the kind of guy that you probably want to bulk up a little bit and see if you can keep his speed. But again, coming off the knee injury, it'll be curious to see what's uh, what happens for him. You are listening to Locked on Giants with Patricia Trainer and special guest Isaiah Hall, who is the host of Locked on Wolverines. We're going to take our final break, and when we come back, we're going to wrap it up with some final thoughts on the University of Michigan Wolverine draft prospects. Hey, Giant fans, if you haven't tried the all-new Built Bar, you're really missing out. They offer an amazing assortment of flavors, both of the nut and nut-free varieties, which is sure to appease any taste. And can I take a moment to tell you about their new coconut brownie chunk bar? Folks, this is by far my favorite, a Bilt Bar selection, and a perfect way for me to swap out a meal, or if my day is particularly busy and I need a quick bite, tide me over until my next meal. Bilt Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, and they really taste like you're eating a candy bar, except you're not. You're indulging in a low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber treat that's great for the keto diet or any diet plan you happen to be on. So head on over to BuiltBar.com today and use the special promo code LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order. 
That's BuiltBar.com with the promo code LOCKEDON20 for 20% off your next order. Welcome back, New York Giant fans, to Locked on Giants, Segment 3. Patricia Trainer here with you, and I am joined by Isaiah Hole. He is the host of the Locked on Wolverines podcast. And we're finally in the month of April, and the Locked on NFL Network, a podcast, is shifting into draft mode. Starting April 19th through the 26th, tune in to the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021, featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Brian Baldinger, and Michael Lombardi. Stay tuned for more info about where you can find the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Odyssey and the Locked On Podcast Network. And Isaiah, let's turn now to the offensive side of the ball. And I've got to start with Nico Collins, six foot four, 215 pounds. Um, you know, just great size. The Giants, I know they signed Kenny Galladay, obviously, uh, John Ross, but y- you can never have too many big target receivers. What kind of game does Nico Collins offer? Is he more of an X receiver? Is he more of a slot guy? Can he do them all? Or, or what, what, where's he at his best? I would say the X position. Um, I mean, Michigan did move him around a little bit, but for the most part, he was the, the deep ball threat. He was uh, the primary receiver and kind of got underutilized to some degree. People kind of blame it on the quarterback play. I don't know if that's necessarily if it's the quarterback play or the play calling that is the particular culprit there for uh, for him, but uh, being just a big play threat, guy that can go up and get the ball. You know, if you, you need to throw out a 50-50 ball, Nico's your guy, and he can stretch the field for you. He can uh, he can obviously get past uh, defenders, but on top of it, he can get the contested catch. Uh, he's a guy that has a kind of very similar to play type of player. Having watched Kenny Galladay in uh, in Detroit, kind of very similar player to him. So if 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 you're looking for for that type of guy that that can can go and stretch the field for you, get you. Uh, 20 yards a clip. I think that was what he averaged in 2019. It was like 19 yards a catch. Uh, that's your type of guy. Michigan just didn't throw to him as much as you'd think for a guy that could uh, that had his skill set. But uh, nonetheless, I mean, he's, he's got he's got everything you need to be a number one type receiver. So I think the, the big question is is do the Giants want yet another one like that? Already having Galladay or uh, is do they want to uh, keep Galladay as the, that guy? But I think that would be the biggest question because I, I don't see him as being a slot per se. I mean, I guess anything can happen in the NFL, but he, he's just got uh, he, he's just got a much more of that prototypical '90s 2000s type wide receiver in him, uh, kind of like a, a Braylon Edwards type. Uh, I know that's probably not what the, considering Edwards was with the Jets. I don't know that that's uh, one that I should bring up, but nonetheless, it's uh, that's kind of how I see him as a guy like that, but that didn't have the uh, necessarily that same production in college. Just but it wasn't really his fault that that wasn't the case. Is he more of a day two type of of pick? You think, or day three, or day one, even? I think if he would have played last year, he was in the same boat as Ambry Thomas, where when the Big Ten canceled the season, he went down to Florida and signed with an agent and uh, and everything, so he missed the season. Uh, I think he would have been a day one. Uh, but, I, I, again, just the, having a year off football, 
I could see him being a day two. I, I would honestly be a little surprised if he was day three. He was Michigan's number one receiver for uh, at least the, the last year that he played, maybe a little bit the year before. Uh, I, I know Donovan Peoples-Jones got a lot of those accolades, but I, I think he has day one talent. Whether he goes, uh, I don't think he'll go in day day one. I think he he would be a great fit for, say, like the third round or maybe even the second if someone just, you know, re- recognizes what he can do. Uh, but I mean, it's a pretty wide receiver heavy class and coming off of, you know, a season where there was a lot of really productive wideouts. So I, I think day two is probably where he should go, but I wouldn't be surprised if he slipped into early day three. Interesting, because this is a very deep receiver class. So guys that would ordinarily go and say day two will probably fall down to day three. That's how deep it is. And I've had scouts tell me that you can literally get a good receiver as late as probably the top of the, the fifth round, if, if not maybe the middle part of the fifth round. So going to be interesting to see how these guys do. Now, uh, another position that I know the Giants are going to probably want to add to is at running back. And Michigan, of course, has Chris Evans, who is, I believe, five foot nine. Right. Five, no, I'm sorry. Five eleven, two hundred eleven pounds. Um the Giants are looking for a guy who can, you know, maybe be a between the tackle type of runner, a guy who can almost like a Wayne Gallman type from what I can gather, you know, and, and by Wayne Gallman, he was known for picking up the yards after the contact. He was a one, you know, one cut runner. What kind of game is, does Evans have? Well, Evans is incredibly versatile. He's a, he's a guy that, uh, He's got good hands on top of everything. I mean, he, he definitely can run between the tackles. That's not necessarily what Michigan utilized him as primarily, but I mean, they did utilize him like that, but not necessarily primarily. Uh, he's got really deceptive speed. Like I said, he ran a four four four. He's the type of guy where I feel like he's probably best used in a lot of speed option type things. And uh, but I mean, he does have the type of body where he can he can run through tackles. I mean, his if you saw his legs, it's like in person, he's got the biggest legs I swear I've ever seen. They're just huge. Yeah, so he can churn, you know, he can really, he can really churn, but he's also got a really high football IQ on top of it. So he really knows what he's doing. Uh, here, here's one thing that a lot of people really probably outside of this market don't know about him is he, uh, he runs a, a youth football organization, like full on runs. And it doesn't just exist it's not just like some rinky dink thing. It's they have teams up here in in Michigan and they've got teams down in Indianapolis, which is where he's from called CE stars. And uh, I've seen, seen quite a few guys come through like the, they, one of those quarterbacks, for instance, is that has a Michigan offer is got a bunch of high level offers. I think he's a five star in 2023 at this point. Uh, he, he's also uh, coached uh, Pep Hamilton. I don't remember where Pep Hamilton landed. He was with the uh, he, he was with the uh, Chargers last year. He, he just went somewhere else. I don't remember where, but uh, he coached Pep Hamilton's kid as well, who was also a quarterback. He devoted his off-season life to coaching and giving back to, to the community in that light and just really kind of getting to know the game of football. I don't think he put his best foot forward this past year, but I think a lot of that had to do with what Michigan 
the positions Michigan was in and the play calling and the running back rotation was really weird this past year. So we didn't see a ton of production out of him, but nonetheless, I mean, he's a guy that came in as a true freshman ripped off two touchdowns, about 200 yards in his uh, Michigan debut. And uh, he, you know, he really, he really won a couple games for Michigan. Uh, I look at the 2017 Purdue game and uh, he had two touchdowns in that game. You know, th- those ones were between the tackles and getting that cut and going. So he has that capability, but again, he, he had a year off of football because he had some academic issues and he wasn't enrolled in school for a full year and uh, had to come back. So a uh, little bit of shooting himself in the foot as far as that's concerned and uh, being away from football and everything, but it's a really good redemption story that he was able to get back on the team and, and everything. But uh, I, I think that when I look at him, I think that he would be a solid day three pickup for any team. That's especially if you're looking for, for some running back depth. And obviously uh, it's not like the, the giants uh, are necessarily looking for a number one guy. Uh, but if you're looking for depth, I think that he would be a really solid day three type pick. Okay. Now, final question. The giants could use an edge rusher. They could use another receiver. They can use an offensive tackle. They could probably use a cornerback and a running back and a linebacker and a tight end. Michigan's got one player in every single one of those spots. If you had to pair somebody from Michigan's draft class, one guy, with the Giants, based on skill set, based on need, based on value, who would you pick and why? Well, that, that's really difficult because to me, I mean, I'd take Quiddy Pay. If you can get him, uh, Quiddy Pay would be the guy that I would go with kind of regardless. Uh, if, you're, if you're looking at sheer value, uh, I, I think it would depend on what happens with Jalen Mayfield. Uh, the offensive tackle. He played right tackle for Michigan. He was a starter in 2019. He came back and he started in uh, 2020, but he got injured as well. He's fully healthy now, but he uh, he's also very athletic and he has everything that you're looking for uh, as far as size and speed and you know footwork and everything you're looking for when it comes to a uh, an offensive tackle. He could be your guy for you know a decade. Uh, he played right tackle for Michigan. Uh, but if you're looking at just pure value straight up, like this is a guy that I think really has the capability of, of being a starter that you can get in a later round. I think it's Ambry Thomas. I, I, I just think that he's got so much going for him. Uh, and if you're looking for a guy that you're not going to get on day one, or he's not going to be off the board in day one, and you're, you're just looking for a guy that can be a starting corner, uh, it, you know, it might, might take him a minute to become the starter. Uh, like he didn't start right away at, at Michigan either, but uh, he, he's another lockdown type guy. And I was always kind of surprised that he hadn't been talked about nearly as much as some of Michigan's former corners. Uh, I remember having this conversation with Jordan Lewis, who's just resigned with uh, your rival Cowboys there. But uh I remember having this conversation with him when Ambry was kind of starting to get going and he was like, Ambry out of all these Detroit guys that came, came through and ended up being uh, a starting corner at Michigan. Ambry Thomas is going to be the best of all of us. He's got right. every single thing that every, all of us have 
but he's also got size, and I think he's faster than uh, than Jordan is. It's, I think he's just got everything that you're looking for. So, Ambry would be my pick if you're looking at straight up value. But if you're just if you're giving me a blank slate and I'm picking someone, I'm probably picking Quiddy Pay outside of that. Yeah, and that's where, of course, where the Giants have the big, in my opinion, at any rate, the biggest need. Uh, cornerback, they'll probably. You know, I think they're set at, at cornerback, um, although you can never have too many, but they just signed Adore Jackson, obviously, to go with James Bradbury. But, uh, again, it's you, a passing you still have my You still have my guy Darnay Holmes over there? I, I love Darnay Holmes. Yeah, we had Darnay Holmes. He's, he he was the slot cornerback. Very popular guy. I, I find a lot of people, when I, regardless of what school I'm talking with, a lot of people always ask me about him. He's He's very popular. Uh, yeah, I think uh, he's a guy that I, I I was really disappointed when Michigan didn't get him, but uh, I I always just thought he was just a great guy, and on top of the fact that I think he's got a lot of game to him. Yeah, he is he is definitely a, a up and comer. Uh, played well last year, actually, as a rookie. You know, played bigger than his size. You know, that was one of the concerns a lot of people had. Would he be able to hold up against taller and more physical cornerbacks? And he certainly was up to the challenge, I thought. So uh, can't wait to see what he delivers in year two. But anyway, Isaiah, great stuff. Really appreciate the intel on the Michigan Wolverines. Tell everybody uh, where they can find you on social media and if you got anything special special coming up uh, at Isaiah hole on any social media platform of your choice, uh, whether it be Twitter, Instagram, uh, whatever. Uh, and then you can find uh, a lot of this, anything that uh, I do on the daily uh, at wolverineswire.usatoday.com or locked on Wolverines. All right. Excellent. And giant fans, hope you enjoyed another week of college prospects. Uh, we're going to look to continue this next week when we come back on Monday with a new show. So until then, have a great weekend and we will talk to you again soon.